he's so freaking gifted and fast and he takes perfect angles and he kicks it into gear and he is just special in the open field. The Bears start unleashing that with their dominant run game that they built over the first six weeks. And I think that is what has kind of unlocked everything. You will be shocked to learn that there will be lots of Justin Fields talk on the program this week. Kind of like every single week on this program. We'll be getting to that right off the jump. But first and foremost, it's the Bears Wire podcast. Welcome into the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by Alyssa Barbieri. She's the managing editor of USA Today's Bears Wire. Alyssa, how you doing? Are you not entertained by your football team right now? I am doing fantastic. I mean, I had to pinch myself after that game. I was like, did I just watch that? Because Justin Fields is a bona fide star. I have never had a quarterback like this. I, 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 I felt like I dreamed the whole thing. It was just so impressive and so much fun. And this is the second week in a row that I'm using the word fun, which is very weird for me, I'm going to say, when describing the Bears' offense. But my goodness, that game feels just unbelievable. And I cannot believe he is all ours. I'm so excited. No, it's the, it's the right take. I mean, it, it's fun. It's a good product. Justin Fields is the reason for that. I mean... So what we've seen here over the last three weeks, Alyssa, is we've seen Fields completely flip his own narrative, right? And obviously Bears fans, you and I, who have been card-carrying Justin Fields supporters through all the, all the bad, right? We've tried to support him and we've tried to, we've tried to even come on here and we're like, all right, we're going to blame him a little bit for this performance or after that Washington game this year. We're like, all right, got to give him a little blame for hitting the defender's face mask with a pass, right? Or airmailing a wide open player in the end zone. Like, we're going to give him some crap for that. But... We have never lost hope that he was going to be the guy. And they have unlocked his potential to the point now where the Bears are scoring all kinds of points. They're really, really fun to watch and entertaining. And you turn on NFL Network in the morning on a Monday and then Justin Fields is like the headline and they're showing these headli- the, uh, the highlights and everything. And it's like, what has clicked, right? What has clicked? Because it was not like this in the first six weeks of the season. It was not like this in that horrible ugly Thursday night game against Washington a few weeks ago, but something clicked in that Patriots game, right? Something clicked. And after that game, we, we called it flashes, right? But you can't call it a flash or a fluke anymore because now it's a pattern. Now we have three games of this. We have Patriots, we have Cowboys, we have Dolphins, where the Bears have played much better on offense. Everything is better. And the quarterback's right at the forefront of that. What has changed, Alyssa? What have they unlocked? You all know what? It's I go back to that mini bye week that they had after that Commanders game where they literally hit rock bottom. Right, you scored seven points against at that time, which was a bottom three team. Yeah, and you're in the red and, zone all day, and you yeah, and you could yeah, score. just zero for four in the red zone. I mean, it was embarrassing. And then you had that extended period of time. They had like what eleven days between games, and you know, Matt Eberflew said that, you know, they really took the time to, to focus on on both sides, obviously, but especially on offense, you know, what was going wrong and how to fix it. And, you know, Luke Getty finally realized, hey, I have an athletic quarterback. I need to build this offense around him and just let him go out there and do his thing. And that's what we've seen over the last three weeks. And it's been even more impressive because he's faced some pretty good defenses in doing it. It's not like he's been facing some of these, you know, defenses lower on the spectrum. The Cowboys were a top three defense. The Patriots had a good defense, even though they were were without some players. And same with the Dolphins. And I mean, they're basically just letting Justin Fields be Justin Fields. And 
yeah, that's, you know, had a lot to do with him using his athleticism, but now you have defenses that have to contend with that. And I think that we're going to start to see, and my hope is that we're going to start to see it unlock the passing game, especially now that you have Chase Claypool in there as well, because now you have to have that extra defender as a spy on him because he can take off at any moment. And now that's going to open up the downfield passing game and get more of those one-on-one matchups, like the one with the touchdown to Darnell Mooney in the corner of the end zone. It's it's beautiful. It's like Luke Getze, who we have to remember because we've been fairly critical of him, myself especially. And I had to continue to remind myself he's a first-year play caller as well. So it's taken him some time to kind of get going here and realize what he's doing and then how to adapt his offense to fit the strength of his quarterback. And yes, it took seven weeks, but I don't care. It's finally here. And we're seeing this offense thrive. They're averaging 31 points a game over the last three games. Fields is just a star out there. And now you have a player that defenses have to game plan for. And he's your quarterback and he can do it on the ground or through the air. You remember post game of the, you know, after that Patriots win, where we were all just shocked that nobody had the Bears beating the Patriots in that ball game. The Bears came out there and just dominated, you know, the whole way, especially in the second half. And they said in the post game, they dropped a couple subtle hints, I think, right? They talked about, oh, we stole a few things from the Ravens. Or is it something like, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but they, they basically said, hey, we looked at some of the things the Ravens did. Uh, and you know, we kind of copied it and it worked. And at the time, I think we kind of brushed it off because, well, the Ravens had played the Patriots. So the bears could have been saying, okay, we looked at the film of that Ravens Patriots game. We saw some of the things they did with Lamar Jackson and we kind of implemented that. And the bears did, they had more designed runs for fields than we had seen at any other point in the season. And it worked and it was great, but now maybe they weren't telling us the whole story. Like maybe now they're like, Maybe the Ravens are the blueprint of how we set this offense up for fields to be successful, right? Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, they punish you with their run game. It's the running backs. It's the O-line. It's the quarterback. They're all coming at you. It's RPO. It's all that. You don't, you don't know what's coming. You have to deal with all of them. And when you look at the Bears, the one thing we keep coming back on when we talk about the strength of the team is the running game. But usually we're talking about Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery, right? When you add in Fields, who is a freaking special. I mean, he might be the toughest tackle in the open field in the game, Alyssa. He is ridiculous because he looks effortless. Like the 61-yard touchdown run, he, that looked effortless, but nobody could catch him. And really, he doesn't take a lot of big hits either because nobody can catch him. So he, like nobody can touch him, get a hand on him. He's so freaking gifted and fast, and he takes perfect angles and he kicks it into gear, and he is just special in the open field. The Bears start unleashing that with their dominant run game that they built over the first six weeks, and I think that is what has kind of unlocked everything. Uh, The Bears turning their offense into a Raven style or an Eagle style. You know, the Eagles are having a ton of success with this as well, where it's Jalen Hurts in a dominant run game coming at you. You have to deal with all of them. Uh, What do you think about that? Is that what the Bears should continue to do? Obviously, it has worked wonders these three weeks. Is it sustainable, right? Do you want to keep letting Fields? I mean, he had 15 rush attempts, including scrambles in this game against the Dolphins. Is that too many? Are you fine with that? Like, what do you think about this new style that they've kind of unleashed? It's been fun to watch. I know that. Yeah, no, that's a great point comparing it to those two offenses because that's what it is when you have a talented quarterback that can do what Fields can do. He He's elite. His, he has elite speed and athletic ability that, you know, rivals only Lamar Jackson at this point. 
which is again, you know, since they, you made a good point, like going back to that Patriots game, it kind of, you, you were wondering, okay, is this just specifically for the Patriots and game planning for them? And instead it was the building block and the foundation for the offense that they've established uh, and put into place over the last three weeks. But yeah, to, to say, to get back to what you're saying, is it sustainable? I think that's the thing, right? People want to make sure that Fields is healthy and he's been doing a better job of not taking as many hits as he has been, uh, especially with some of those design quarterback runs. He's getting out of bounds. Uh, he's sliding. He's not taking those. He's learning, which is good because, you know, you're not going to take the running out of this offense. You know, that's part of it. It's going to be. Now you want to unlock the passing game, which is going to come with it. And, I mean, when Chase Claypool really gets some more opportunities, because we did see he had some – he played a handful of snaps in this. He actually a lot more than I would have thought. And he, they targeted him more than I thought they would in this first game. And then with Darnell Mooney, I mean, <laughs> and you kind of think about next season when they can add more talent around him, because when you have Equinania St. Brown dropping a perfectly placed ball on fourth and 10, oh. like that, that's just not going to get it done. That, no. that, Catch the ball. Oh my God. That broke my heart. That was a beautiful ball. Could not have been placed any better and just drops it. <laughs> So, I mean, that's we have to look to that with the passing game struggles. It's a combination of things. It has been a combination of things. So when you see uh, Claypool getting more involved, you're going to see him getting a lot more targets. Uh, and Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, right, getting involved in the passing game. Good things happen when you get those top playmakers that Fields trust involved. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to see, you know, this continue because it is part of this offensive identity. And at this point, I, I, I did a piece this, uh, with on um, – over the day we're recording this on Wednesday and fields is the leading rusher for the bears right now. <laughs> he has 602 yards and cool Herbert's next at 586, uh, which is not surprising. He's, he's definitely probably going to eclipse a thousand yards, uh, perhaps even rivaling Lamar Jackson's single season record. Um, so it's, it's, it's impressive. And I think it's something that I definitely want to see more of. And you also want to see it open up the passing game. I think, cause you want to see it all around because with fields, Yes, he has that freakish athletic ability where he can just make defenses pay with his legs, but he's still someone that wants to throw the ball. Like, that's the thing. People forget about that. He's not just a running quarterback. He actually wants to throw the ball. But this is helping take some of the pressure off the offensive line, right, who just struggled in pass protection. He was only sacked two times, right, near the end of that game against the Dolphins, which is progress because I think he'd been sacked like four-plus times over the, the previous few games. So... I mean, it, it's it's step by step. I want to see, obviously, this part of the offense continue and most importantly, see the passing game open up a little bit more. Yeah, 100%. I think the idea here is that the run game, quarterback, running backs, offensive line, that's your identity, tight ends. That's your identity, but you still have to have a passing game. And I think Fields could do it. Now, while the passing yardage, Alyssa, still isn't there, right? He's still not putting up a lot of passing yards. And a lot of that can be, you know, who, who are the skilled players around? Even with Chase Claypool in the, in the mix, we all agree there's work to be done there. But the passing stats in the last three weeks, when you take out the yardage, because Fields is like, he over the last three weeks, he's basically, he's almost rushed for more yards than he's passed for. I think he might have. I, I don't know. I got to go back and do the math on that. But the passing, Probably. yeah, the passing stats though, 47 of 72. That's 65.3% completion. I mean, Fields has been living in the mid to low 50s in terms of completion percentage in his first two years. The last three weeks, he's up to 65%. That's a huge leap. That's huge for the offense. That's great. Uh, five touchdowns, one interception. 
right? He's throwing touchdown passes, so he's cashing in. Uh, he's not turning it over. So the, over these last three weeks, the sample size we have here, the passing attempts are up from Luke Getze. His completion percentage, night and day better. The execution, the production, it's all night and day better. You've done it against three really good defenses, as you mentioned, Alyssa. Like, we're seeing the leap. We're seeing the field's leap here. I, I like we don't want to get we don't want to go overboard here. We're all excited. You know, Bears fans gotta be excited about what they're seeing from Fields. He looks like a superstar out there. But I think we're really seeing like we're seeing things from Fields right now, Alyssa, that you don't typically see from second year players. You know what I mean? Like quarterbacks go, they they do the leap, right? But you that sometimes that comes in the third year. It doesn't always come midway through the second year when, oh, by the way, the GM is trading away your best your best pieces on defense and you don't have a lot of great skill players behind him. And oh, yeah, your offensive line still kind of rough, right? Like we're seeing uh, a, a leap from field here in year two, midway through year two that we that you don't usually see. I think that's another thing that like feel really, really good as a Bears fan right now. Yeah, obviously. Um and when you kind of look at back at that that mini bye week uh, as well, I mean that just changed everything. Like I remember, like we were talking about some of Fields' struggles earlier, and I, I kept saying like he didn't have the confidence and the swagger that we're used to him having, and he's had that. Uh, he's got it. He's got it back. Games. He's got the swag back. He has it back. He's got the swag back. Uh, absolutely, and I think that just came with you know Luke Etzius being like, okay, Justin, go out there play your game right <laughs> whether that if you need to make a play with your legs make a play with your legs don't hesitate just go for it and he's playing a lot more free a lot more comfortable and i think we're also seeing him get a better understanding of this offense too they're in we're heading into week 10 now you know it's a complex offense that you know it's going to take a little bit of time to learn and luke Getzey was going to take a little bit of time to kind of adjust to being a play caller and i think we're finally starting to see all the pieces click into place which is super exciting because when you look at this roster, especially the offensive roster, I mean, there are a lot of holes and a lot of these players probably aren't going to be here next year. So, I mean, and you have about 120 million in cap space. I mean, you're going to build this offensive round field. Look how good he looks right now with a questionable offensive line. You have two dependable receivers right now and, and Mooney and Claypool. Now imagine what's going to, what he's going to look like and this offense can look like when you actually have legit talent around him. And that's the exciting part. And that's why this offseason is going to be so much fun. Can't wait for that. And I can't believe we're week 10. When you say that out loud, Alyssa, that's crazy. We're already at this point. We're officially the the halfway point uh, after the halfway point. (laughs) For sure. Uh, I thought last week was just the perfect Bears result. It might sound like the Bears won against the Dolphins. They actually lost. They lost the game, but I thought that was a perfect game. And I'll tell you why here coming up next. A little mini rant on that. Uh, But first, let's set our uh, lineups, our fantasy lineups with TheHuddle.com. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Welcome to week number 10 of the fantasy football season. I'm Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville Jaguars at Kansas City Chiefs. Quarterbacks have averaged just over two touchdown passes per game versus the Chiefs in 2022, and Casey has picked off only three passes. Lawrence's opponent has yielded 270 passing yards on average, and six quarterbacks have posted at least 20 PPR points against this defense. Kansas City always can jump out to a big lead, which forces more passing, but even if Jacksonville's defense does a respectable job, the offense will need to throw to keep pace. That alone makes Lawrence serviceable in a pinch. 
running back Deontay Foreman, Carolina Panthers at Atlanta Falcons. Foreman had been on a tear for two weeks leading up to last Sunday when the Bengals throttled the Panthers in the first half. Negative game script worked against him and the journeyman was abandoned. He saw only 10 utilizations, 7 carries in total. This week, the incoming Falcons offer a gift of a matchup and will struggle to contain Carolina's backfield. Look into a possible return for Chuba Hubbard to cut into Foreman's workload, but the latter remains playable as no worse than a flex. Running backs have scored 6 rushing touchdowns in the last 5 games versus the Panthers, coming at the 8th highest rate. Two more touchdowns have come through the air in that time frame. Wide receiver George Pickens, Pittsburgh Steelers versus New Orleans Saints. There's enough upside in playing Pickens this week that he should be at least in the conversation of wide receiver three. The Steelers return from their bye week having had time to rest and prepare. The Saints have given up 11 performances of at least 10 PPR points on the year, nine of which were good enough for wide receiver three or better placement. Four non-wide receiver ones were able to score touchdowns. Pickens has at least five targets in five of his last six games, scoring wide receiver two results in a pair of those contests and number three figures in a trio of games. Tight end David Njoku, Cleveland Browns at Miami Dolphins. Njoku has missed a couple of games with an ankle injury, but he plans to play this week, so just monitor his status to be safe. The Dolphins have yielded the six most catches per game, 5.8, but only the 20th most yardage, just under 50, since week four. One in every 9.7 receptions has found the end zone in that time to create the 10th highest rate for scoring. Chicago's Cole Komet scored twice last week and became the sixth tight end to manage double-digit PPR returns on the year versus Miami. There should be healthy skepticism about Njoku picking up where he left off following the short absence, but his floor is high enough to warrant a start, even if a touchdown isn't in the cards. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522. 4700 in Colorado. We've been really enjoying these last three weeks, Alyssa. It really hit me uh, after that Dolphins game and getting ready for the show that this is turning out to be just the perfect bear season, right? I mean, for all the things we were talking about back in the summer. Number one, we're seeing fields develop into a star right in front of our eyes. That was, that was our big goal for this season. I think it's happening. Number two, we, t- we mentioned this. The games over the last three weeks have been really fun to watch. It's not like we're counting down. We might have been earlier. We might have been counting down the, d- the days to the offseason, but not anymore. These games have been entertaining. They've been worth investing in. They've, it's been a fun watch on Sunday. And with all that being said, right, number three, with all that being said, even with the quarterback exploding, the Bears are still finding ways to lose with special teams blunders and the defense getting depleted by their GM, Ryan Poles, and guys dropping passes that are right in their damn hands. Uh, they're finding ways to lose at the end. Oh, or the refs throwing flags, which we'll get to. Or not throwing flags. Right, uh, that's what I meant. Yeah, when you're when the refs not throwing the flag when they should. We'll get to that. But right now, you're still not really winning, right? You're still losing these games, as entertaining as they are. And you're trending toward a top 10 pick in the draft on top of all these other picks Poles accumulated by trading Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith and all this cap space the Bears have in 2023. So this is turning out to be the perfect Bears season. Uh, Like, I'm not someone who ever wants my team to deliberately tank, Alyssa. That's not why any of us watch sports and fans that root for their team to tank, I think is ridiculous. But I really like what the Bears are doing, right? They're not tanking. 
they are desperately trying to win every game. They wanted to win that game against Miami bad. They had Mike McDaniel on the sideline pleading fields to stop. Like they're trying to blow up the, the Dolphins are going for a Super Bowl this year. The Bears are trying to blow up their their game, right? Like the Dolphins thought they had that one in the bag. Not so fast. Here come the Bears. Like they're trying to win, but they're not. So this thing is is checking all the boxes for me. The quarterback is ascending. The uh, the games are fun to watch. The team is competing. And they're not really winning either, though. And they have a top 10 pick next year right now. All of this is working out beautifully, I think. It's all working to perfection. Yes, definitely. I think this is exactly what Ryan Poles wanted to happen. <laughs> you know, when he's he's rebuilding this team, tearing it down, you know, now we're, we're going away from the defensive philosophy and kind of leaning more towards offense and building around the quarterback. And, you know, you have all this cap space heading into next season you can do some real work. You're accumulating draft picks. You want to build your team through the draft. You now have the quarterback, right? And it's obvious. And you're watching him, like, just perform magic on the field with a pretty underwhelming roster around him. This could not have worked out better. I mean, after the game, obviously still as a Bears fan, I always want them to win. And I was like, I wanted that for Justin Fields. You know what I mean? Because he played his ass off in that game. And I was like, I wanted him to get that win. I wanted to see the locker room celebration, right, that they had after the Patriots game and really, really see him enjoy it because he put his heart and soul out there. And the way they lost, obviously, with um, that, that, that no call uh, on pass interference, that was a thing that frustrated me for like about 20 seconds. And then I stopped and I was like, OK, this is best case scenario for the Bears because Justin Fields just had a historic performance. The Bears often just played its butts off. And now the Bears lost and you get one more close. You get a step closer to a higher top five draft pick. I mean, this is exactly it's working out exactly as you want. Obviously, you want them to win. But this is what I think is best for the long term future of this franchise. I think Bears fans will agree because like listening to like the radio after this game, you would have thought the Bears had won like everyone calling in. They were not upset. They were like celebrating. I know like the score had a QB one party on Monday. Like, I mean, everyone's just celebrating the arrival of Justin Fields. No doubt. And what that means for the long-term future of this franchise, because I have not had a franchise quarterback and I think Fields, he's it. It feels like a win. And that's what we want. We want games that feel like a win that are entertaining and fun and everybody's feeling good after it. But it's actually a loss. <laughs> so this is what we want, as weird as that sounds. Let's talk a little bit more about Chase Claypool's debut, Alyssa, right? He plays 26 of the Bears' 74 offensive snaps. Uh, that's 35%. He still got six targets, though. So he wasn't out there a ton, only 35% of the snaps, but he gets six targets, and they did a jet sweep with him, right? So uh, he ends up you know, two catches, 13 yards, so not a whole lot, but a concerted effort to get Claypool involved. Uh, you had to like to see that. Oh, definitely. I mean, I honestly thought we'd see him for a handful of plays. I don't know how many, maybe he get a couple targets here and there because he literally joined the team like five days before this game was played. And we're starting to see for like someone like Justin Fields and these other players on offense, like Darnell Mooney, where it's taken them months, right, to get to this point. Uh, so to see him get out there and have a handful of plays, it, it, it was good. And, you know, he drew a pass interference, should have drawn a second pass interference penalty. I mean, you're seeing the threat that he can provide in the downfield passing attack. I mean, Fields and him, have you know, they haven't hit on one yet, which we'll see because it's only played one game, right? 35 snaps. Um, 
So he, or 20, 26 or whatever. And, you know, that's going to come, but you're seeing the threat that he can have in this passing game right now. Now defenses have to account for him. That's going to free Darnell Mooney up. Right. And Darnell Mooney loves the slots. Now you can play him a little bit more in there. Like I, I think Chase Claypool already, I think is having an impact on this offense. And I mean, the bears are noticing it and you're going to see him get more and more reps as this thing goes on. And you're going to see, Fields and Claypool develop that chemistry and the Bears have him for another year and they have Darnell Mooney and they're going to go out in the offseason and add another receiver, add another receiver in the draft, free agency. They're good. I mean, it, it's really exciting. Uh, I like what I've seen from Chase Claypool so far uh, and I want to see more. <laughs> yeah, he seems excited to be with the Bears, which is kind of fun. I mean, he seems like really into it, which which you got to like. And he feels wanted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe he didn't feel that way in Pittsburgh. That's all kinds of weird stuff going on in Pittsburgh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you do see when you have that big physical guy that gets down the field and you're going up against smaller corners, like you do see guys like, I mean, yeah, that was textbook pass interference. It should have been called. But you're, you're going to see that, right? Like when you throw the ball deep down the field like that, defensive backs are going to have no choice but to kind of drape themselves all over Claypool. So, I mean, P.I. in the Bears' favor for a change might, that might come into play more often than not. Now, it didn't happen in this game, and we all agree that was a horrible non-call. But P.I., like that that's something that could actually work in the Bears' favor down the road when you have this like big physical target down the field. I, I think that's something we might be able to hang our hat on a little bit more. Like Fields could throw deep balls to Claypool, and he, either he catches it or we get a flag. Yeah, definitely. And that's an element of Fields' game that you know it's easy to forget you know, considering just how he's just running over opposing defenses at this point. But even going back to his college days at Ohio State, he just he's extremely accurate with the deep ball. And that's something that we want to see. It's why we want to see the downfield passing game open up because, you know, Fields can kill you with his legs and he can kill you with his arm, too. And, you know, once he and Claypool get on that same page, once this passing game can open up a little bit more, you're going to start seeing them hit these. Uh, and it's going to be really exciting because now defenses are like, oh, crap, what do we do? Now, you want to hear my nitpick of, of the week? I have one nitpick with Justin Fields this past week. And okay. that, here it is. He played so well that we haven't got to make fun of Aaron Rodgers yet. <laughs> we haven't got to make fun of Aaron Rodgers <laughs> once on the show because he played so well. We've been talking about how great Fields is and, and everything. Everything's been kind of sunshine. And we have not got to make fun of Aaron Rodgers. Like, uh, hey, it's more sunshine as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was sunshine for Bears fans watching that thing. I mean, that was they kept cutting to that game and and seeing the interceptions left and right. The lion and and I had the red zone channel on too uh, on one of my TVs, and it's like, uh, it's, what what's his name? Scott Hansen kept kept going. It's the worst defense in football. Picking off Aaron Rodgers again. He kept saying, "Oh God, was that good eating? Was that good eating?" <laughs> So should we be nervous about the Lions now? They just embarrassed Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, should the Bears be worried? We'll tell you about that matchup here coming up. What's the point spread? What's the over-under? I think Alyssa feels pretty passionate about passionate about one pick in this one. So we'll get that here coming up. But first, let's hear from the Bet Slippin' Podcast. This is the typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. Hello, everyone. This is Nathan with the Bet Slippin' Podcast. Be sure to check us and our sportsbook provider, Tipico Sportsbook, out. Tipico Sportsbook is a global sports betting leader and is now live in New Jersey and Colorado. You can make your favorite sports more interesting with Tipico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users from our Bet Slippin' Podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. 
Terms and conditions apply, and you have to be 21 plus. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey or 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. All righty, let's move on to Sunday night football. It is the Chargers visiting the 49ers. The Chargers are plus seven, which means they are the underdogs. So the Chargers and Herbert are getting healthier. Herbert's ribs are getting healthier, and they are 4-0 on the road this season against the spread, and they are 1-0 as an underdog. The San Francisco pass defense has regressed and ranks 40 or 22nd in opponent's completion percentage. Expect Herbert to have his way and back the Chargers at plus seven. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, the Bears, three-point favorites over the Lions at home. Uh, and again, we, we mentioned this before the break, Alyssa, but can we just appreciate the Lions for a second? Uh, the, the worst defense in football, embarrassing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers like that. Like, that was so good. You were watching that game alongside Bears-Dolphins last week. Is that what is? Did I hear that right? Yes, I had them both going side by side. Uh, obviously, I had the Bears on the big TV. Uh, <laughs> I had the Lions and, and Packers game on, and every time I looked over, it was Aaron Rodgers throwing a red zone interception or just looking just really angry at his receivers, even though, you know, he threw a bad ball uh, and just frustrated. And it was it was glorious. I mean, I was watching fields light it up. I was watching uh, Aaron Rodgers just kind of suck. Uh, <laughs> and it, it was like you were seeing like the tables are turning, right? Because like the yeah. Packers have dominated the court, you know, at quarterback. They've had two Hall of Famers, <laughs> Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And you're starting to see the decline, right? And now finally, the Bears have a better quarterback than the Packers, which I mean, like I am loving it. I have been waiting for this moment forever. The Packers would trade you right now if you if you made the offer. You know, they would trade you right now. <laughs> I, I guarantee you that. Uh, so, all right. So this spread uh, bears three point favorites home over the Lions. Uh, you know, that's an interesting one. It feels impossible to pick against Chicago with the heater they're on and especially the heater their quarterback is on. Uh, it's also going to be outdoors, kind of chilly, right? It's November weather now in Chicago. And, you know, of course, the Lions play in a dome. Uh, so I'm looking at that spread, Alyssa, but you actually you like the over under, right? Tell me what you think about this over under. The total is forty eight and a half. Yeah, I, I like the over on that because, you know, the Bears and Lions, yes, they have really bad defenses, but their offenses can score points. I mean, the Bears, like I mentioned before, are averaging 31 points uh, over the last three weeks. And the Lions at one point had the highest scoring offense in the league, and they're still up there. Um, so I, I think they're going to score points. I think we could see another, you know, another 35, 32, like that kind of range of points with these defenses and these offenses. And you know, even though I know losses are good, I still want the Bears to get a couple wins, you know, here down the stretch. I think the one, obviously, when they play the Packers down the season, that's the one I really want. But, you know, this is one of those games where I think they can win. And I think this is a shootout that I think that you really want the Bears to win, right? It's a divisional rival. I have a personal stake in it because because <laughs> my a lot of my family are Lions fans and I really don't want that rubbing. I don't want them rubbing it in on me. But then at the same point, I can go like, I've got Justin Fields. You've got Jared Goff. Have have fun with that. So that's an easy one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, now I can just say that. I can be like, okay, they'll be laughing after they lose. I've got Justin Fields. I'm good. Yeah, the, the <laughs> comeback, you know, the comeback around the Thanksgiving dinner table is always uh, Goff. You have Jared Goff. Um, so yeah, there, there that is. But yeah, and we have Justin Fields. And I think, and I'm proud of us for, for last week in this segment when we talked about the spread and how we would bet the game against the Dolphins, Alyssa, we, we did say, to our credit, got to give, I mean, we're not professional bettors or anything, but we did say the Bears might be an over team now because they just depleted their defense, but the offense is ascending. The quarterback is ascending. So we can imagine they're going to start putting up more points, but the defense is also going to give it up. So we said, you know, until the market, you know, catches on to this, Bears overs might be the way to go. Yeah, I, I agree with you. This 48 and a half, it's under 50. Uh, it's way under 50. That's a pretty good That's a pretty good number to go hit. I like it. I'm taking the over as well. What do you think about this game, though? Do you think the Bears win this ball game against the Lions all day long? I mean, I think so. The fact that it's in Chicago, because obviously they're going to play in Detroit later in the season. I think they play on New Year's Day, actually, uh, at Ford Field. So, I mean, the fact that this game is at Soldier Field, it's in Chicago, the Bears tend to have more convincing wins over the Lions at Soldier Field than, you know, at Ford Field, they're normally closer. Look at that Thanksgiving game last year where they just like escaped and that was just brutal. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think that the Bears have a chance in this game. Um, their defense, you hope that they step it up a little bit more because at times this Lions offense has, has struggled, but I'm not feeling super confident because the Lions have a top 10 rushing attack and the Bears have the 30th worst uh, run defense and you know that's going to be a challenge for them but again Justin Fields I mean look at what he what he did to three really good defenses and now you have the 31st ranked Lions defense coming in I mean I mean this could get ugly uh for the Lions which I hope so because man I just want to see Justin Fields just just going off again I mean this would be it's fun like now I'm getting sad that we only have like what eight games left because at first, you know, I was like, man, I want the offseason because, you know, especially after that Commanders game, that was brutal. And now I'm like, man, I just want to see Fields go out there and do his thing every week. So, I mean, it's fun. I think that Fields has the potential to really pile it on Detroit. He's definitely energized the fan base, which is great. Um, that's, that's what you want. He's energized the fan base in a rebuilding year. Uh, so that's pretty good. That's a good trick that the uh, the Bears are pulling off right now with the quarterback. And yeah, I was listening to you talk there, and you're right. I mean, the Lions and the Bears are both going to have the same game plan, I think, in this one. They're going to try to run each other over. Uh, and uh, you know, they both have pretty good running offenses. The Lions have a couple good backs, right? Old friend Jamal Williams from the Packers. He now plays for the Lions, uh, along with DeAndre Swift, who I really he's a really good back. So, really um, and you know, and you got the bears. So that could be the argument for the under, right? Is that they're going to, both teams are going to look to run a lot. The clock could be moving. Um, that could shorten the game a little bit, maybe less drives, less plays. The other argument for the over is that, well, if you're gashing each other on the ground and getting into scoring position, that's not going to matter. So we're both on the over, uh, bet, bet bears overs until you hear otherwise, right? The bears are scoring points and they're giving up a lot of points. So let's, let's bet the over. And that'll be our pick for this one. Uh, what's going on Bears Wire between now and kickoff, Alyssa? Uh, lots of, I mean, I've been doing a lot of Justin Fields. I feel like I, all I write about is Justin Fields, and I'm not complaining. I love it. That's all we talk it's about. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's like, wow. I'm like, man, I have a star quarterback. And I just get to, you know, that's what people want to hear, and that's what I'm going to write. And obviously, we have our, our Bears Lions coverage getting ready. 
game picks. I might actually pick the Bears here. Okay, but yeah, I am. <laughs> so, I mean, just getting you ready for Sunday's game is going to be a fun one. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot. And then also, I'm down here uh, as of Wednesday with Category One Hurricane coming my way. So pray for <laughs> pray for me that the power stays on, people. <laughs> yeah, out there in Florida, right? So yeah, we're uh, we're hoping for the best for you, Alyssa. I know you've been preparing for that all day. I know you're going to be ready, and just we're just hoping you don't lose power. So we can get your great content on Bears Wire. That's what we're really. That's what we're really hoping for. I do have four portable chargers, like loaded <laughs> and ready to go. <laughs> that's Alyssa. as long as I have cell service. Uh, you cannot keep me down. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's Alyssa Barbieri. She's always got it going on Bears Wire and Twitter and wherever you can find her. Check out her stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us once again. Subscribe and tell a friend if you haven't already. And uh, we'll see you next week after Bears Lines. Bear down. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. <laughs> <laughs>